What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Sci Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, I'm the Sci, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Sci Guys, are Tad the Sci. And Tad, you awake there? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I know it's late for you, but that that that's a first, I think, for you to be caught sleeping on the podcast. Like, I mean, that that's you know. No, sorry, sorry. I was watching Chargers Raiders. Sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, it has been a bit of a snooze fest. Um, Ooh, bit, Dad, you play? Did bit. you play? Little, yeah, did you play little league baseball? Uh, did I play little league baseball? No, of course I didn't. You think I'm coordinated? What? You think I'm coordinated enough to hit a pitch? Come on. For some reason, you decided to try for the football team. So I mean, maybe you. Well, yeah, and I ended up breaking my back. So. <laughs> Well, regardless, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the mercy rule where, you know, if a team oh, in Little League Baseball yeah. goes up by 10 runs or more, the coaches sort of meet with the umpire and they sort of decide that's like, okay, I think it's best to call the game for the sake of the players and their, you know, sort of, you know, self-esteem and all that stuff. Well, I think they should implement that for, you know, game by game basis here. Maybe not for the players sake, for the for the fans sake. Because, yeah, this was this was ugly early. I know the Chargers sort of scored. You know, we are recording as this game is going on. So the Chargers did score a couple more times. So it is 21 to 63 here as the game is sort of coming to its final Oh, Finally, it's coming they to its again. end here. But, you know, for the longest time, if it wasn't for Josh Pobertad, it would have been a shutout with the Raiders having easily a 50, you know, 52 point lead, 54 point lead. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was at that point. And then finally, Josh Palmer got that deep touchdown to score. Then they got a couple more scores here, but just like, jeez, um, it was it was a bad game today. I will say this. If you're a Chargers fan, this is a bad game today. All right. Well, first off, by the time this episode comes out, I highly doubt Brandon Staley still has a job. It would be the surprise of the year if he still has his job. I know we only have a handful of days, handful more of days left in 2023. But yeah, that would qualify as the surprise of the year if Brandon Staley still has his job after this game. <laughs> Second off, and you are going to know exactly where I'm going with this. Do you want to know my most irrational hope? Not Not fear, but hope. From this entire game. Let's hear it. Is it Duggan time? <laughs> see, see, I don't could think it was Easton Sticks. I don't think it was Easton Sticks' dude, fault though. It was there dude, a lot of fumbles. On. He's bad. There was just a lot of just you know miss miss you know mishaps that sort of led to the Raiders getting short fields that were able for them to obviously capitalize on them. But I don't think Easton Stick was fantastic. But I'm also not saying that I he sure was the sole not. issue as to why the Chargers lost this game. Like I'm I mean, just, just give Duggan the ball. He's a winner, man. He can make it. He can make it happen. Oh my gosh. But yeah, this was absolutely horrendous. I mean, there's notoriously Tad, just all the jokes about Thursday night football games being just absolute, you know, oh, duds like... and just snooze fest. And this, this just kept living up to all of that for sure. So maybe we'll get a good one next week. I uh, think we got the Rams and we got I'm on it. I know the Rams are playing. I forgot who they're playing, but yeah, it's a Rams game on Thursday. Rams are obviously still fighting for a playoff spot. They're very much alive. <laughs> no, so no, no, no. Who we got? Rams against who? Saints. Oh, all right, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Can't you can't obviously. It's better than tonight. Now. It's better than tonight, at least. That's what we're hoping. Yeah. That's what we're hoping. Good but just God. yeah, good God, was it a terrible Oof. game today? But you know, hopefully you can push this out of your memory. Like Tad said, you know, hopefully you're listening to this. You know, this is gonna post obviously after this game has ended. So you're looking forward to a fun weekend. We got three games on Saturday, so we got a full slate on Saturday, of course, to go with the whole Sunday slate as well as the Monday night game as well. So I mean, guys, make sure you're checking your rosters for the Saturday games because yeah like we sort of talked about in our uh, waiver wire episode earlier this week this could be the start of the fantasy playoffs for you this could be the final week before the playoffs start for you next week so this is a very critical week and so that's why me and Tad are here for you to give you our favorite start and sit picks here for today's episode but that doesn't mean Anything that we covered today's episode, in case we missed anything, make sure you interact with us on social media. In case you have any questions on some start set decisions, some waiver wire decisions, possible some last minute trade decisions that you may need help with, we are here to help you out with that to help you win some fantasy league titles. 
And of course, most importantly, avoid any fantasy punishments, Tad. But I think before we get to a start tip picks, Tad, we have to give a shout out to our wonderful partners, uh, wonderful partners, I should say, sponsors, partners. I was combining the two words there. So that's you know what? They're, they're, they're one and the same. They're just that good. <laughs> exactly. Underdog Fantasy. They've been partners with us for about a month and a half now, but it's been a very fantastic partnership with them. I mean, just in case you haven't heard of Underdog Fantasy, you haven't been listening to our episodes, I don't know why you wouldn't be, but in case you haven't, uh, fantastic fantasy platform that you get into some sports betting action as well as some fantasy action. Um, they're very, um, yeah, definitely the platform that you want to use for the best ball strategy where, you know, you sort of just draft your roster. You don't have to make any sort of waiver wire decisions. Don't have to make any starts at decisions. Don't have to make any trades. It is all draft, set it and forget it. And then underdog each and every week will set the best roster for you. And so you will get the maximum amount of points every single week. So, you know, when you're always, you know, looking at your lineup for a redraft league and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I left this guy on the bench. I could have gotten 20 more points. Underdog takes care of that with the best ball platform. It'll just automatically take the best scores at every position and give you the best possible score each and every week. So it's a really great way, very easy, simple way to get to some fantasy football action. But I think the thing that me and Tad love about the Underdog Fantasy platform is you get into the betting aspect. So you just make anywhere between two to five different picks. You can get, you know, the prop bet picks. Um, Tad, I remember you mentioned your friend loves the rivals picks, the head to head. That was where so it's like, cool. you know, I didn't know that was the thing until last week. I'm definitely using yeah, that. Yeah, it's actually weekend. trickier than you think because they add the, uh, you know, the plus minus on top of it. So it could be like, you know, in, let's say hypothetically in today's game, it was like Quentin Johnston versus Josh Palmer. Who's going to have more receptions? And then, you know, Josh Palmer may have plus three and a half of a handicap on top of it. So it's like, oh, well, that just sort of changes things. So it's a lot trickier than you think, but it also adds a lot more fun to the betting element. Like I said, you make anywhere between two to five different picks. The more you pick, the more money you can win. And it's just a lot of fun to sort of get into the action. And our friends at Underdog Fantasy want to help you get into the action with some free money, Tad. Free money. All you got to do Literal is Literal free promo- money. Exactly. All you got to do is use our promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I. And you can double up on your initial deposit of $10 or more up to $500 and They'll just absolutely match that dollar for dollar. So, Tad, I mean, I say this every time, but seriously, if you were to put in $500 on your very first deposit, Underdog will match that and give you $500 on top of that. So you can bet with $1,000 on the Underdog Fantasy platform. So, I mean, it's just a great promo code. Make sure you use it. The promo code, once again, is Decide, D-E-S-A-I. Get in on the action. Double up on your initial deposit of $10 or more up to $500. I mean, Tad... Just been a fantastic partnership, and I just really love this platform. The website's great. The app is great as well. I mean, it's just it, – it's, it's so awesome. It really is. And one thing you forgot to mention is they have a uh, – I forget the exact name for it, but what I'm calling the special bet of the week, which is clearly slanted towards the better. So what I mean by that is like – Yes, two, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Two weeks mm-hmm. ago, it was Jalen Hurts over under half a yard. Yeah. Half a yard. And here's the best part is that free deposit you were talking about up to $500, it can apply to that. So like this is the most better friendly and guys, I'm not just saying this because they're our partner. I really wish I had found them before we were. Uh, so I could look like a genius in front of the entire company and be like, look at this site. Uh, but <laughs> they are truly the most better friendly site I have ever seen in my life. They want you to win. Even, I mean, like you were saying, my friends were talking this past weekend. I was just like, oh, yeah, I got this part. Like, but I put the insurance on it, so I think I'm okay. And exactly. so they give you the insurance. It's a great exactly. sort of like they, you know, fail safe that you got there. They give you so many fail safes. They give you so many outs. They give you so many ways to, at the very worst, break even. At the very best, still make money even though you somehow lost one bet on that parlay when you're just one away when Cole Komet didn't quite ca- you know catch that touchdown so close so close they still want you to win money so like they <laughs> it's really honestly insane so guys please support them because they are doing everything to support the show they're doing everything to support you it's really a great partnership for everyone involved i cannot thank them enough best partners we ever we've ever had 
100%. And it doesn't apply just for the NFL. You could also bet on the NBA that's going on right now. You also got NHL. You also got college football, which should be starting up this weekend with the bowl games. I mean, just they got all the sports so you can bet on any sports, not just the NFL. But we'll come to you this weekend with some of our favorite underdog picks. So make sure you check out for that YouTube short video that should be dropping this weekend. But Tad, like we talked about, let's get into some start sit decisions because like we talked about, we got three games on Saturday as well as the full Sunday slate. And then, of course, we got the Monday night game. So we definitely got a lot of decisions to make. We definitely got to help people out with their playoff schedules in week one here as they're going into the playoffs. Or, like we said, this is the final week. I know in your league, this is the very final week of the regular yep. season, and the playoffs start next week. So either way, it's a very critical week to either make or break your playoff hopes and dreams, whether you're continuing in the playoffs or hopefully making the playoffs. So, Tad, let's obviously start it out with the quarterback position. Do you got to start, or do you have a sit for me here in Week 15? I'm feeling nervous for this pick because I got a start, but it's a risky start. And I know risk at this time of year is obviously riskier, but I'm telling you, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Not not overall, but just for this week in particular. I know he's coming off a down week. I know people are like, I told you so. I think this is his big bounce back week. Jordan Love. Oh, okay. Jordan I say Love. start Jordan Love against the Buccaneers. Look, before this past week against the Giants, he was writing a great hot streak. He had three straight games with 20 points or more, which is surprisingly hard to come by quarterbacks this year. Quarterback True. play, that's been a very underrated. And I know we do our end of the year fantasy recap uh, episode. We need to talk about how bad the quarterback play was this year. It was very inconsistent, for sure. For sure. It was bad. Yeah, so three straight weeks of 20-plus is impossible to find. Honest to God, I almost put Mahomes as my bench this week. Honestly, the way he's been playing, it's it's actually not that surprising of a take to make because, yeah, I mean, just the Chiefs offense overall has been very subpar. Like, I mean, they just haven't been their Sub, usual. Subpar is the nicest offense. way to put it. <laughs> They haven't been their usual, like, high-octane, high-energy, like, you know, just putting points on the board in bunches type of offense that we usually see. And it's just very, yeah, just not sure what exactly is the issue. But, yeah, in relation to that, Patrick Mahomes just hasn't been able to lift this team like he's normally had before in the past. No, yeah, but it's all the refs' faults, right? <laughs> um, but point being is 20 straight points is a type of consistency that is hard to find among any quarterback in this year's league. And Jordan Love did it. And, uh, I, I think that, yes, he had a bad game against the giants and there are a thousand explanations for that, but it doesn't really, my entire point being, it doesn't really matter if he's a good quarterback for the future or not. Bottom line being is this matchup's pretty good. He's throwing it a ton. He's thrown it more than 35 times in four of his last five games. And get this, Tampa Bay has allowed five of their last eight quarterbacks that they face to go over 20 points. So I think that this is a good, and you know, and apparently Matt LaFleur was like invincible in December before, you know, last week. So he suffered I, his first loss in December in his head coaching tenure with the Green Bay Packers. Weirdest so, yeah. niche stat I've ever seen in my life. But, you can find a staff for anything, man. Yeah, dude, you really can. <laughs> Trust me, we're fantasy football guys. I know. Um, oh, yeah. Yo, my God, some of the stuff you find. But point being is I think that this is – and they're still in the playoff hunt too. So this is still a motivated team. That's the key too. It's like it's not like a – I don't know. It's not like um. See, I almost named an NFC South team, but that division's so bad, everybody's still in the running. I guess Carolina. Yeah. This is like a Carolina team where it's like, ah, the hell are we fighting for? Because it's not like we got that first overall pick anyway. Um, Speaking of Carolina, Tad, I don't know if you saw, but apparently tickets to enter the game against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, this let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. $10. Oh, way less than that. No! Way less. For an NFL game? 45 cents. Wow. Less than two quarters could get you into an NFL wow. game to watch. When did we get to the 1950s? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It's pretty. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah. That's worse you, than when could, I was. That's the perfect worst. opportunity to go see them. If you've always wanted to see them, it's only going to cost you 50 cents to step, get into the building. Don't do that. Don't inspire young fans <laughs> like that. We need, we need more young football fans, not more to be like, why is this sport popular? 
Oh, why, why, why is Bryce Young throwing it out of bounds with five seconds left to go? I don't understand. Maybe you're Falcons fans and you want to go watch the game there. Like, I don't know. There's there's, there's a lot of that's, possibilities. That's but barely hey. better. That is barely yeah, better if you're know. a Falcons fan. Bottom line being is, back to Jordan Love, is Jordan Love, I think, is primed for a good bounce back game because as we've clearly laid out, this NFC South division sucks. And Tampa Bay's defense is the 20. 20- Six ranked against the pass. I actually like Jordan Love as a very solid uh, streaming option here because, again, this quarterback field is surprisingly shallow when you're looking for starters in an emergency situation, which I'm sure not plenty, but a surprising amount of playoff teams are at this point because everybody's getting hurt. We have Jake Browning versus uh, Nick Mullins. I saw that on TV earlier today. I'm like, wow. Wow, that's where Man, Chad, how the mighty have fallen because Josh Dobbs is now the number three quarterback. Whoa, Jared Hall. I didn't hear about that. Jared Hall has supplanted uh. him as the backup to Nick Mullins this weekend. So, yeah, I, oh, it is rough for Josh Dobbs. Like, mighty, yeah, like I said, how the mighty have fallen. It's rough for quarterbacks in general. So, my point yes. being is, like, why Jordan Love may sound like a ludicrous, uh, you know, I, a selection. I'm telling you, I actually think of all the quarterbacks out there that are available for a pickup. Because that's also how I do start sets. It's like, who's out there that you can actually get? Because sure. always, I always hate that in articles when you read like, oh, start Matt Stafford. And you're like, yeah, thanks, dude. He's not there. <laughs> so, like, Jordan Love is there in almost half of leagues on ESPN. So, if you're looking for a quarterback or if you're a little scared, like, okay, maybe I, I might switch out my quarterback the last minute. Um, yeah, I think that Jordan Love is a good option to go with. And I'll end on this is I got a text this morning. And uh, look, he's a very dear friend. We are very close. We stay in contact, even though I left, uh, you know, his workplace. Jason Davis texted me this morning. And Jason, look, man, you, you're a great guy. I love you. I really do. I, I don't mean that lately, but fuck you. <laughs> oh, do you want to know what he asked me this morning? What did he ask? He goes, should I bench Jalen Hurts for Lamar Jackson? Oh, my God. Well, okay. That's not as ridiculous. I know. As I might, as I might switch that up. I might switch that up. Is should I start Jalen Hurts for Lamar Jackson? Let me look up the text. But either way, fuck you. That's a, and, uh, my response was no. Start Lamar. But goddamn, that's a great problem to have because they're both about to yeah. go off. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, Tad, I can't fault you with picking Jordan Love. I mean, he's got a great matchup. If you definitely need to make a sort of swap here, like we sort of talked about, lots of quarterbacks getting hurt here. Um, obviously, we saw tonight's game. There was no Justin Herbert. He's out for the rest of the season. So if you're Justin Herbert manager, you probably didn't go with Easton Stick. You probably need somebody else to fill in for you I this sure weekend. So yeah, I think Jordan Love is a very good option. Now, Tad, it's a very good approach to sort of take the guys that, you know, are available off the waiver wire to sort of pick as like a plug and play start sort of option. I'm going with the guys that are potentially on your roster that you need to make a decision as far as whether you want to start him or whether you want to sit him. And this is a guy, Tad, that we're very high on earlier in the season as well as the preseason as well to be a very uh, sleeper top 10 fantasy quarterback option. But my, has he not been performing the last handful of weeks? And this guy is Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions. Whoa. Yeah. Also, he's got a very tough matchup, surprisingly. We talked about the Broncos sort of being a surprise second-half team. They're very much in contention for that AFC West division crowd. Like, because we talked about, like we said, the Chiefs have sort of been faltering. The Broncos have sort of been on a surge here. They had a very impressive win streak. Over the last five weeks, Tad, they've allowed only one team to pass for over 250 passing yards. That was the Houston Texans two weeks ago. They threw for 264 passing yards. The other four games in that five-game stretch, no one has gone over 210 passing yards. So they've been very locked down on the pass defense side. The run defense, let's, you know, not talk about that. Let's talk about the pass defense because we're talking about quarterbacks. You're the Fox News thing. Only say what supports your viewpoint. Exactly. We're only talking about the passing defense here. and talking about Jared Goff specifically. Jared Goff, like we talked about, has been on a bit of a slide as well. That same five gets bad. He's only scored 20 fantasy points once in these last five weeks, and it was exactly – five weeks ago back in week 10. So these last four games, more recent, he has not been performing over that well. If you look at the course of the entire season, like I said, Dan, we were very optimistic that he was going to have a good season. He has only gone over 20 fantasy points four times mm. in this 13-week season so far. So, I mean, it's like it hasn't right. been good. I'm honestly I do, surprised it's that high. 
Exactly. You like that the fact that the uh, Detroit Lions are playing at home, so maybe that's going to play into Goff's favor. But like I said, with the Broncos sort of fighting for an AFC West division t- uh, title crowd, excuse me, and they're also still alive, obviously, for the wild card as well. So, I mean, they're very much going to be playing their best football. The Lions, I know, sort of have to make a rebound here, but just with this past defense, I think they lead more of the running game. So I do like the, uh, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs in this game. But as far as the passing game is concerned, you can go with another option besides Jared Goff, i.e. possibly a Jordan Love. I think I'd go in that direction. Do not start Jared Goff this week in a very tough matchup against the Denver Broncos. You're going to judge me so hard on this. What's the song? Like, there ain't no mountain high enough, there ain't no mountain low enough? Yeah, it's called It Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Huh. You learn something new every day. How about that? We actually, fun fact is, uh, I, I was watching Remember the Titans with uh, one of my classes uh, throughout this week, and they're just like, is this actually how football goes? I'm like, no, you watch fo- football's in trouble, dude. None of these young people watch football anymore. But anyway, yeah. except for this one kid who keeps coming up to me, I swear to God, I am, I am failing him. He comes up to me and does this. Ah. Nice. Does does nice. the Texas Longhorns thing ever? I don't even know. Is it thumb in, thumb out? I don't even know. But I think like, it's with the thumb in because it has yeah, to be I think like it's the thumb actual hook-em yeah, horns, like, No, right? like it literally – and he's in my first period class, so every morning I have to like look at this while my kid's in. It's just like him just staring at me. It's just like, they better get trounced in the playoffs. But point being is <laughs> we're watching Remember the Titans, and uh, Jared Goff's fantasy season is a lot like that song. Like it's just peaks and valleys, right? It's just like – He'll have a, a game where he has like 25 points. They're like, oh my God, Jared Goff is awesome. And then he'll have like three straight games where he'll, but the worst part is he doesn't really have a bad, I know he's had bad games, but consistently so he's avoided them. So it's like either he gets you 15 or 30 points. Do you want to take that gamble? And I know it sounds weird, but like you said, I actually like the Jordan Love gamble more than the Jared Goff gamble. Yeah, that's fair. Absolutely fair. So, all right, we're good. on. We like Jordan Love this week. We do not like Jared Goff this week. Let's move to the running back positions here, Tad. Do you have a start or do you have a sit for me? Okay, I got to start, but this kind of goes against what I said earlier. But like, I love picking guys available in the waiver wires because he's not really that available, but some of your leagues he is. This is a fringe guy, though. This is peak fringe guy. And I and okay. look, okay. Uh, with a lot of the times, betting, fantasy, all this stuff, we, you know, I, I don't have Jordan Love on my roster. I'm not going to have Jordan Love on my roster. This guy is on my roster. This is a risky play. I am starting him. And I am in play to get last place in my fantasy league. This is a big, big I – don't, I don't know if you saw the standings. It is between me and four – I'm not exaggerating. Four other people. Half the league is in danger of starting uh, – finishing last. It's true. It's over true. the next week. So this is a big time pressure for me, including the per- one of those people is the person I'm playing, by the way. So basically, if I'm win, it's not winning in, winning out. If I'm win, I'm out. I'm out of the running. And this person started my flex, and he is your boy, Javante Williams. Oh, let's go. Take me to the take me to the <laughs> promised land, baby. Do it, do it. And it's funny because on the surface, this is a bad start. This is a bad, bad sure. start. Because he is the 29th ranked uh, fantasy running back right now. Not great. He's going against the, and this number shocked me, and we'll get into this in a bit. The sixth ranked fantasy run defense in the Detroit Lions. I was like, God damn, that is high. But anyway, so like on, on the surface, this is a bad start. But that six is surprisingly deceiving. The Lions, when you actually go and look at it, are actually uh, like pretty mid-tier defense against the run. Not saying they're bad. But they're not the sixth-ranked defense. The only reason they have that ranking so high, and this is why you need to do more research or keep listening to your favorite podcast slash YouTube series and let us do the research for you. That's the bigger one. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Let me break this research down for you. Earlier this season, from weeks two to about six, the Lions held consecutively four opponents to single – four opposing running backs to single-digit numbers. Great streak. Nothing against that. Mm -hmm. Not saying that's fraudulent. No, you did that. Good for you. Since then, they've been your typical defense against running backs. They have some good weeks. They have some bad weeks. But it's just those numbers carry over from earlier on in the season. That's why the ranking is so high. So people are scared of this line's defense. It's like, oh, my God, they're these run stoppers, which sometimes they are. Sometimes they return to that early season form, but not as consistently as they were doing earlier this season. 
On top of that, uh, you look at what Javante Williams has done recently. He's had say, or average 17 or more carries per game over his last seven games. So that dude is getting the rock a lot. Also, should we let, let's make a Twitter poll on this? Douche or no douche? Guy who calls the ball the rock. <laughs> I don't think that's so bad. Uh, see, I vote douche on that one. Okay. Even saying right. that just felt dirty. Yeah, you still said it. Anyway, so he's got the rock 17 <laughs> times or you more. You down on it. You said it again. <laughs> hey, man, if you're going to go douche, just do it all the way. So he's gotten uh, the ball 17 times or more a game. And it, here's the issue is he hasn't really done much with it. He hasn't been very efficient with the ball. But the fact that you just get that sheer volume as running back means that he is fancy relevant. So I think that should he be running back one? No, you do that. You're not in a very good position. But as a running back two or as I'm doing a flex play, I think that is a risk well worth taking because that amount of volume in what should be a high scoring game with, as you pointed out, this Broncos offense is clicking on all cylinders. I, I honestly think that as long as he finds the end zone, Javante Williams could be the best sneaky flex play of this week. Yeah, I definitely like the fact that you're sort of peeking behind the numbers because, yeah, overall, you look at the expanse of the entire season. Yeah, Detroit probably has a very good run defense. But then you look at the more recent games. That's where you sort of get more of the truth. That's like, yeah, they've been on a slide. And this is a defense that the Denver Broncos often can sort of exploit. And it's very similar. Like you look at what the early uh, early season Broncos were doing. They were not giving the ball to Javante Williams. I brought this on the podcast before. Now point. Sean Payton finally realized that's like, oh, this guy has a lot of talent. Let's give him the ball more. And it's leading to better things. Obviously leading to the Broncos having a very successful winning streak right here. So it's like, yeah, just because you see something like it helps to do a little bit of that extra research or 100%, just like Tad said. Just listen to us or watch us on YouTube, and we'll we have to give you we'll that research for you. For you. We'll, we'll we're saving you. you the time. We're exactly. saving you the time. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, get no, I, I, I love it. I, I, I get no sleep, but it's it's totally worth it. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm glad you brought up like that that volume or the recency with mm -hmm. that because uh, Joante Williams is not as involved in the passing game as this player I'm about to bring up is, but he is involved in the passing game. He averages about anywhere from three to five targets a game, but. Just just two weeks ago, just two weeks ago, the Chicago Bears played the New Orleans Saints and allowed Alvin Kamara to score 26 points against them because he had so much volume. Javante Williams, again, slightly less, but receiving a somewhat comparable amount of uh, you know attention and somewhat similar amount of volume in that same offense. So when when the Bears are faced, or, uh, excuse me, when the Lions are faced with you know that type of you know, defense, they can, or my God, when they are faced with that type of offense, oh my they God. can, Hey, I, I found the mistake before you could make fun. True. True. Thank you. Uh, they tend to, you know, start collapsing. So I, I honestly believe that Javante Williams, I don't think he's going to blow up. I think he is good for a solid 11 to 13 points here. Yeah, hey, I'll take that. I'll take that. Exactly. Sure. If you put him in the flex spot, like that's a fantastic sort of point. I'll that take you that want from any flex in there. All right, Dad, I'm going to go to the flip side. I'm going to go with the sit at the running back position. I'm going to go with James Cotter, running back for the Arizona Cardinals, playing the San Francisco 49ers this week. Um, Ted, against his former team, the Cardinals played the Steelers last week. James Cotter had himself a very stellar revenge game. He rushed for 105 rushing yards, and he scored two touchdowns on the ground. If only he could play the Steelers every week, because if you look at his games before that Steelers game, um, not good. Not good, because before that outburst that he had last week against the Steelers, Connor failed to score double-digit fantasy points in five of his last game played, uh, five of his last games played, I should say, excuse me, because he was on the IR dealing with the injury, but that's why I'm counting the last five games overall that he played even before he went on IR. He just hasn't been very effective in this game. He's playing against, like I said, the San Francisco 49ers. Fun fact here, Tad, if the 49ers win this weekend against the Arizona Cardinals, they clinch the NFC West, so you best believe they're trying to lock up the NFC West so they don't have to worry about it for the rest of the season and focus on the number one seed would be the next step there. Um, so they are also allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs this season. Over the last five weeks, Tad, they've only allowed one team. They're sorry. Over the last five weeks, they have not allowed a team to rush for over 100 yards. They've mm. only allowed for they've only allowed a team to do that three times this entire season. 
So, I mean, they've been very good at stopping the run. You also look, they've already played the season earlier this season. Uh, they've already played together earlier this season. Uh, this includes, you know, James Conner only going for 52 rushing yards, only 6.6 fantasy points. So, I mean, this is just not a good matchup for James Conner overall. In a visual matchup, the Niners need to win a lot more than the Cardinals need to win. So, I bet you that James Conner is going to be shut down for sure early on the entire game going. So, if you have him on your roster, don't start this week. Wow, it's almost like you have two top five draft picks on defensive line. You're really good. How did you get? What did you trade for him? A second round pick? <laughs> Chase Young, we got for a third round pick, if I remember correctly. So let me get this straight. You got Chase Young and Christopher McCaffrey both, and you never had to give up a first round pick. Did not have to give up a first round pick. I hate you. <laughs> all right but a couple things on that is i completely agree and and this is why uh james Conner was on my team for uh, actually a pretty sizable portion of this season but the second that kyler murray started creeping back and he was like oh he may start before the bye week and that's when i got the he- i got james Conner the hell off my roster because you look at running backs at least fantasy wise under kyler murray they tend to struggle and I, I'm not blaming Kyler Murray. Well, I kind of am. But uh, it, it's one of those things where it's just, for whatever reason, when he's in that offense, the running backs just don't do as well. And um, and I, look, I was very, very anti-James Conner going into the season. But I think because of the effect Kyler Murray had, and I assume that was Conner's fault, but I think it's actually reverse. It's Murray's fault. So I'm right there with you. I don't, I'm not a big believer in James Conner. Um so, yes, no, I think that's an excellent sip. Final thing to bring up with this, if you guys win this weekend, does Sam Darnold start for the rest of the season? Because <laughs> God knows you guys cannot go in the playoff with another quarterback issue. It gets risky, but like I said, they're still fighting for that number one seed, so I think they may still play pretty for a good couple of weeks still longer. So once we get to week 18 where they play the Rams, there's a good shot that we may see Sam Darnold start for them that game. But yeah, I think we'll still see Brock Purdy for at least a handful more weeks there, Um, especially because we're playing a very tough game against the Baltimore Ravens on Christmas night. So that's going to be, yeah, I think we'd prefer to have Brock Purdy compared to Sam Darnold in that game for sure. So All right, so Josh Johnson, NFC Championship appearance confirmed. Gotcha. (laughs) Oh, God, I hope not. I really hope not. I'm kidding. It's Nathan Peterman. (laughs) All right, let's get to the wide receiver position here, Tad. I'm going to go with a start here because I actually have a start of the position. and you have a sit here? So I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins of the Tennessee Titans. Oh, you son of a bitch. Since Will Levis has taken over as a starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, Hopkins has become, Tad, a fringe wide receiver one, like kind of Mm -hmm. back to his old days. Like, I mean, he's just looked so much better now. You look at his numbers over the course of the first half of the season where he played with Brian Tannehill for the first six weeks of the season, and then Will Levis took over from week seven onwards. Um, The receptions and the receiving yards are about the same. The biggest difference, he's finding the end zone with Will Levis for some reason compared to with Ryan Tannehill. I don't know what the issue was, but Will Levis is looking for him more as far as scoring touchdowns as opposed to before the first six weeks of the season. With Ryan Tannehill, Tad, do you want to guess how many touchdowns he scored? Zip. Absolutely zero. That is absolutely correct. Zero touchdowns with Will Levis under center since week seven. He has found the end zone six times in seven weeks of action with Will Levis as a starter. That's insane. Exactly. He's absolutely been scoring. He's been a scoring machine for the Tennessee Titans at the receiver position there. Um, This will be the second time that he is facing his former team in the Houston Texans since he was traded to the Arizona Cardinals back in 2020. Last time he faced the Houston Texans with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, he totaled seven receptions. For 53 receiving yards, uh, 53 receiving yards, excuse me, and one touchdown. That amounted to 18.3 fantasy points in PPR league. So I mean, you look at that, you look at the revenge game aspect. You also got to look at the fact that we talked about this in our waiver wire episode, Tad. CJ Stroud is still the concussion protocol. He has not been practicing this entire week. It's looking like we may not see him play this week, and we may see Davis Mills. We've also haven't seen uh, Nico Collins practice this week. Dalton Schultz finally returned to practice, but I mean, the big factor there, the big key thing there, still make sure you obviously are checking for this if you're a CJ Stroud manager. He has not been practicing, so it's very much trending in the direction that he may not be able to suit up this weekend against the Tennessee Titans. If that's the case, Tennessee should be able to walk through the park here with this game. Should have a very easy game sort of control this. And I expect DeAndre Hopkins to be a very key factor for this passing offense. And Will Levis to have another strong game for sure. So DeAndre Hopkins, like I said, earlier this season, 
maybe like a fringe wide receiver three flex option. But now with Will Levis surprisingly under center, he has vaunted back into that wide receiver one territory. So I very much like him as a start this week. Even if CJ Stroud plays, I still like this matchup for DeAndre Hopkins. You know, it's funny because he I picked him up after week one. Because people were just kind of like, oh, I'm not big on him. And then I, I held on to him for about a week or two. And I was like, oh, no, yeah, you're trash. And I yeah. just kind of dropped him. And because here's the thing. It was thing hard is, to tell at that point, right? It was hard to tell. And not only was he failing the stats test, which, of course, as we just went over with our you know receiver numbers and everything, our running back numbers, um, we are obsessed with stats here. But also, like, at a certain point, it's kind of like baseball where, like, you can do all the stats in the world. But at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to the eyeball test. Of like you can just tell from the looks of if he's good or not, and just from what I've seen from him earlier this season, I'm like, no, he's washed. You're done. Like this is Randy Moss's like second stint with the Vikings, where you're like, all right, that could or like was it the uh, Titans or the Vikings where he quit at halftime? You remember that? He quit at halftime. He got well. I I think he got like cut at halftime because he fought a coach. I'm pretty sure it was when he was with ironically the Titans. But I Bob, think it was that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, but bottom line being is I think that, you know, that's one of the weirdest parts about this resurgence is just the types of catches. If you're just – because obviously I'm paying very close attention to the AFC South right now. That is a tighter race than any – how did the two, like, South divisions switch places? We all thought, like, NFC is going to be – NFC South is going to be tight in a good way. AFC South is going to be crap. And, like, somehow the AFC South, I'll say it, most exciting division uh, football right now. It's one of the more exciting ones, that's mm-hmm. for sure. That's I'll say for sure. Minshew magic, baby. But anyway, going back to Tennessee, um, just the like the, these sideline catches he's making, the way he's playing, like you said, is vintage DeAndre Hopkins. That dude is back. I hate him. Which means <laughs> start him. Yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. Excellent start this week. And there's a reason, by the way, Derek Henry's fantasy value is starting to go up as well, because Derek Henry was fantasy bust of the year for a while there. True. It's very true. Very true. Overall, just this offense has gotten a lot better, surprisingly, with Will Levis under center. And so, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, very excellent start this week for sure against the Houston Texans. All right, Tad, why don't we get to your sit here at the wide receiver position here week 15? All right, you went start old. I'm going to go bench young. Okay. I'm not talking about Bryce Young because, good God, if he's on your roster, just, just what are you doing? What are you, you doing? You got into the playoffs with Bryce Young, then it's like power two. You yeah. know something that you we just don't. Give, give you the trophy right now. <laughs> exactly. Like, good God. I mean, if, if you saw Bryce Young, you must be like an insane person, like someone who's in a 14-man league. Something you must like have made that. also the trade that Tad makes where it's like he trades I for all these so guys. I am so mad I got McCaffrey. he trades every single week and he's so found mad. a way. I had, like, I had Travis Etienne and Christian McCaffrey. I think we mentioned this on last week's episode, yes, but like did. that was – God. Could you imagine if I still had both of them on my roster? Seriously. I'd be unstoppable. You would be. You would be. But instead, Damn you're it. the one being stopped. Well, I'll tell you someone else who's going to get stopped. <laughs> Shifting the blame. Uh, look, this is a big name. And I'm telling you, Amir, I'm calling this right now. This man is going to cost people championships this weekend. Because he's a big name that people still trust based off name value alone. But if you actually look at the way he's performed this season, he like most he'd be borderline roster worthy at this point. Do not start Jalen Waddle this week. Mm, Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you, it sucks because I I really like Jalen Waddle. The little Waddle like you know celebration is great. But guess what? He hasn't been doing that a whole lot this year. Yeah. In the last five games, he's only gone over 10 points once. And I can already hear uh, uh, two and on. I don't know if you've heard of that phrase before, but it's hilarious. It's like all the two of yeah. But yeah. I can already hear them screaming in my ears, like, how dare you? Jalen Wall is awesome. He is a very talented receiver. But he here's the problem. And, and here's the point they're going to get me on. They're like, well, you know, when he went over 10 points against the Jets, who they're playing this weekend. Fair point. But in a weird, kind of almost ironic way, he kind of screwed himself with that performance because now the Jets know, okay, we focused on Tyreek Hill. We shut him down pretty well. So now we need – and Jalen Wall blew us up for like 170 yards. So now we need a game plan for that. So the Jets know what to expect now. And the Jets' pass defense is good. I, I can say very few good things about the Jets, but their pass defense is you know, very uh, probably the strongest part of this team. 100%. And and here's the most frustrating thing with Waddle 
and and I honest to God, I think this is the first time I'm saying this on the podcast is I don't care about his target numbers because mm-hmm. he's received eight or more targets in the last three straight games. And like I said, he's not been able to turn it into fancy production. So for I for whatever reason, there are a thousand reasons you can argue. Tyreek Hill's having such a good season that he just the volume's not there for him. Uh, they're not using him correctly, whatever. I don't care. Bottom line is he's not producing for your team. And I think, like I said, it's the Jets. It's Jalen Waddle. People are going to look at Jalen Waddle's name. They're going to look at who he's playing. They're going to go, he's about to go off. And I'm telling you, I do not expect this man to get I, – I think he'll get to 10 points. I'd be shocked if he got over 10 points. And I think a lot of people are starting him as a wide receiver too. I think some desperate teams are starting him as a wide receiver one. And he's about to screw over a lot of people this weekend. Yeah, I think the Jets are very good at making adjustments. Their defense is easily the best part Dude, of Robert their Robert Sala is so far. smart. Like, he knows, yeah. okay, I, I screwed up there that first game against them. He knows those adjustments. Sala is a good coach. So yes. that's that's another thing. It's like if it, – I don't know. If he was being coached by, like, Josh McDaniels, I'd be like, no, I can see him doing that again because Josh McDaniels is an idiot. But, like, Sala is a good coach, and that's another thing that worries me. Yeah, you also have to remember that Tyreek Hill, even though he came back in that game last weekend, he did go out with an ankle injury. So you wonder if that's going to linger going into this game, because if he doesn't play that much in this game, you 100 percent have to account for Jalen Wilder because he would be the sole focus of their passing offense. So something to keep in mind. But just, yeah, that's definitely a good sit this week, especially with that name recognition. A lot of people will be like, oh, no, this it's it's going to be a big part of that offense. But yeah. Looking at the numbers is probably a good sit if you can avoid if you can uh, afford to sort of make that decision. All right, let's get to the tight end position here. I'm going to kick this one off as well because I have to start the tight end position. Isaiah Likely, the guy out of Coastal Carolina. I remember Tab. We were watching this guy coming out of the draft. I was just like, this is like one of my favorite tight ends coming out of that draft class. And it's just unfortunately. Fortunately, he goes to Baltimore where, like, every other tight end gets drafted. You know, he's there with Mark Andrews and uh, Charlie Kohler, the guy out of Iowa State, who were both fan of as well. Um, just so many other tight ends are landing there that just, like, he never gets a chance to shine. He does get a few targets here and there with Mark Andrews in the roster, but nowhere near how much he's getting now with Mark Andrews, unfortunately, out for the rest of the regular season. We'll see whether he can come back for the playoffs. Not the fantasy playoffs, but the NFL playoffs. So we'll see about that. But just for the fantasy playoffs, Isaiah Likely is the guy that you want to be starting. He had a great game last week against the um, against the Los Angeles Rams. That's the team I was trying to remember there. Um, the overtime win. That was fantastic at the very end there for the Baltimore Ravens there. Uh, but he had seven targets, five receptions, 83 receiving yards, and one touchdown. He had a very fantastic game. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, just the Baltimore offense likes to utilize the tight end, even going back to when Joe Flacco was still playing for the team. He loved throwing to the tight ends. I mean, we talked about it. I remember naming off those historic, you know, famous fantasy tight ends that emerged from this Baltimore off offense with Todd Heap and Dennis Pitta and Ed Dixon out of Oregon. I remember you dropped that name. I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that yep. guy. Obviously, you got Mark Andrews making a name for himself. But just if Isaiah Likely ever gets a chance, if they decide to move on from Mark Andrews, or eventually if Isaiah Likely leaves a free agency, very similar to what Hayden Hurst did, I think he could be a very big asset to any offense wherever he decides to leave. But for now... He's a very crucial, critical part of this passing offense for the Baltimore Ravens. They're very much going to use him. He's got a very athletic gift set that he can sort of take advantage of. The Baltimore Ravens can take advantage of that. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. They're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. They also play a lot of zone defense, and that's a defense that Isaiah likely has exploited his entire season this far. He's caught 16 of his 17 receptions against zone defenses. So you expect with the Ravens, uh, with the Jaguars playing a lot of zone defense, Isaiah likely can sort of feast on that, and the Ravens will sort of feature him in this offense. So if you're lucky enough to grab him after Mark Andrews went out with his injury, he is an absolute bust start this week. He's got a very fantastic matchup with the Jaguars. On top of that, did you see the weather prediction for this weekend? I missed that. I missed that. They said there's a likely chance of success. <laughs> I don't think it's even likely. I think it's like a 100% chance of success. Like, I mean, I just love likely this offense. I mean, he just brings a lot more athleticism compared to Mark Andrews. He's more of like a little bit of that bruiser. He's got good hands, but just like uh, likely it's just like, like I said, he's a glorified receiver at the tight end position. He's going to have a fantastic game. I really love this matchup against the Jerry Bars. That is the worst pun I've ever done on this show. I feel like you've done worse. 
Oh, I no. I, I, I disagree. That was terrible. Feel like you've that done was worse. bad. <laughs> I feel like you've done worse. Um, speaking of worse, what's a worse matchup oh. that we like here as far as this week is concerned? Who's a sit that you have for us? I, I got worse for you, buddy. I got worse. <laughs> Let's hear it. You know, it's funny. I, I always knew it. There, there was like this this feeling. I, I never like kind of recognized it until now. I finally found my fantasy football pet peeve is the flash in the pan tight end performance where everyone starts freaking out. I think it's my pet peeve because I used to be in this camp where I was like, finally a tight end. I grab him and then like he would screw me over. I'm like, what happened? And I realized when you actually look at the stats, the writing was on the wall. And let me tell you, I'm telling I I don't think he's going to screw as many people as a player we talked about last, but Jalen Waddle, by the way, but I think they're the, 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 here's what makes me angry. Is I'm telling you, there's a like, there's a fancy amateur out there. There's a kid out there. There's a guy who finally decided to join his work league, and they don't really know what they're doing. And they look at the point totals, and that's it. And they go, "Whoa, this guy scored a lot of points. He must be good." And they're gonna pick him up, and he is going to screw them in the playoffs. Even worse than Jalen Waddle. At least Jalen Waddle has potential to blow up. This man, sure, his sure. he, his quarterback, quarterbacks, his offense. Hell, even maybe his coach are absolutely doomed for the deepest, darkest, internal depths of NFL hell for what they forced us to watch this season. Don't you dare start Hunter Henry this week. Yeah. yeah. Don't you Can't do, do it. it. Can't do it. I'm telling you, I'm praying that there, there's some casual fantasy fan that's watching this episode. is like, oh, really? Using my starting lineup. Don't do it. Because I even I'll admit, I didn't even know this stat until I started doing research for tonight's episode. Is because I saw he had a great week with two touchdowns, you know, last Thursday night. And I was like, okay, two touchdowns. I, even I was shocked when I saw the stat line because God knows I wasn't watching that game. Um, and I was just like, wow, two touchdowns. All right, good for Henry. It was all three catches. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Guess how many targets? Probably three. Three. <laughs> that is not sustainable success that is just luck that is luck right there and between bailey zappy mac jones i don't even know who the third string quarterback is like this whole offense is just not trustworthy i i'm not joking so i i'm you know i look at nfl network and si you know stardom sit them for i'll say inspiration for these episodes, I, I almost never take any of their notes because I don't want our listeners and viewers to be like, well, I could just go on the NFL Network for this. Um, yeah. I was shocked to see this. NFL Network lists Ezekiel Elliott as a must start. I think it's because he had that good week last week, but I don't expect it to replicate this week. That's my point, though, is like people are falling for this flash in the pan. Patriots offense is also good. I'm not falling for it. I'm not. This is what the Patriots are doing. So Hunter Henry is other than Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott is number one, is is 1A. Hunter Henry is 1B. I don't like him at all. And not to mention, by the way, the Chiefs, who they're playing, by the way, who, by the way, are very pissed off. You never never want to play a pissed off good team. By the way, also second, even when they're not pissed off, they've only allowed three tight ends all season to go over 10 points. Wow. So this is a very good tight ends defense. I just stay the hell away from Hunter Henry. And I, I just, I feel bad because I know there's some more amateur fantasy players that are going to go for it. But I'm telling you, if you're smart enough and lucky enough to listen and watch us, don't do it. Hit us up. Look, I mean, it's it's about to come around. I didn't quite nail the timing on that. But our not- social handles, not quite. I was like five seconds away. I should have filibustered but our socials right now are coming around the bottom hit us up if you're like fine i'm not starting hunter henry who do i start we will hit you up because my god don't do it that guy's gonna bust so hard i'm guessing and i'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this i'm guessing under three and a half points under three and a half that's pretty low i'd probably say like five or lower i think Mm. he may get like you know an extra catch and maybe a few yards there so i think like five points or lower but either way you don't want to be starting this guy in a very critical week like we've talked about so many times already that this is either a week to get you into the playoffs or this is the very first week of the playoffs but yeah you need to go in a different direction not with hunter henry of the new england pages that's definitely a sit for sure all right dad rapid fire give me your defense and your kicker picks for this week as far as start sits for week 15. All right, you want my starter sit first? Let's go with the sit. All right, I'm telling you, good start because this is uh, well, good start to the segment. Uh, this is a little bit of a hot take. 
I'm saying sit the Cleveland Browns defense. Interesting. I think okay. this is a defense that could end up kind of being like the, you know, snake bite to the heel for a lot of teams that are just like, wait, Cleveland Browns. That's a great defense this season. Not entirely wrong. Chicago bears. They're, they've been a terrible offense this season. Not entirely wrong, but you got to look at the situation on both sides. The Cleveland Browns, defense is coming off a very good week in which they scored 12 points yes but before that they had three straight games where they failed to reach seven points including one game where they hit the dreaded negative they cost you points they hit negative one points two weeks ago so i think that the cleveland browns defense is more vulnerable than people are thinking with this you know i, I guess new uh, new offense with the 40 year old quarterback. It's just, it's this season been so weird, dude. And so it's, it's so weird. So I think that, you know, this, this Browns defense is pretty vulnerable and you look at the opposite side. The other team they're playing is the Chicago bears. That offense is on fire right now. They are looking really, really good. So you're essentially meeting a defense that's a little bit backsliding. Granted, again, to their credit, they kind of held that up this past weekend against the uh, Jags. But I think that Jags game kind of surprised everybody. And then, you know, you had the Bears and Justin Fields. And again, with like you don't want to play, play a pissed-off good team, you don't want to play a quarterback playing for his job. And Justin Fields is the definition. And Matt Eberflus debatably is playing for his job right now. So you got a coach playing for his job. You got a quarterback that is certainly playing for his job and they are both writing a hot streak. I'm not saying the Browns are going to drop in the negative again, but I don't think they're going to put up as many points as people are expecting them to. As for my start, let's keep it in the AFC North. I actually like, and look, this guy I picked up and I'm like, this is probably a really stupid decision, but screw it. We'll go for it. And then I looked him up like later because I was busy last Sunday. So I, I could only check my fantasy team around like, I don't know, 6 PM. I was like, oh my God, he got in double digits. It's Evan McPherson. My new favorite kicker. It was, <laughs> it was Blankenship, but you know, RIP. But, Ooh. oh yeah, we did not respect the specs. Not enough at no, all. No, <laughs> I miss him. Even though Matt Gay is really good. If, if he's there, if he's there, pick up Matt Gay. But uh, you know what? Uh, uh, McPherson, I almost said blanket chip. McPherson <laughs> is really surprising. Really, this whole Bengals offense is surprising. Is Not that I was anti-Jake Browning, but Jake Browning is looking way, way better than I gave him credit for. And McPherson, since Burrow was ruled out for the season, has put up double-digit points in both of those games. So I actually really, really like him to keep that streak going. Um, Yeah, I don't think he's going to explode. I don't think he's going to put up like 13, 14 points. But I think he's a pretty safe bet for 9 or 10, which, you know, at this point in the season, I'll take that from a kicker because – I don't know about you, but this happened to me in the past where kickers were the ones that screw me out of the playoffs. True. Where sure. I just need an extra like eight points and the kicker gets me like four. And I don't think McFor- uh, McForson. I th- you know what? I don't think he's going to be McForson. <laughs> he's going to be McPherson who gets you 10. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with the start at the defense position here, Ted. I'm just going to sort of rehash what I had in the waiver wire episode. It's a plug and play option here. Oh, you're Indianapolis Colts. I I love this play here. The Colts have scored double digit fantasy points in four straight weeks prior to the game last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. They're playing Mitchell Trubisky led Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. It's a great matchup. They're absolutely going to feast on him. Definitely get a turnover for sure and get a lot of fantasy points for you. So excellent pick plug and play sort of start this week. As far as the sit is concerned, I'm going to go with the sit at the kicker position. Jake Moody of the San Francisco 49ers. Since the bye week in week nine, Moody has 21 extra point attempts. He's made all of them, and he only has five field goal attempts. This includes back-to-back games for the Niners where he has kicked zero field goals. I mean, this guy is just not getting the opportunities because the Niners have just been too efficient on offense. Like I talked about earlier with James Conner being a sit, the Niners are playing the Cardinals this week. If they win this weekend, they will clinch the NFC West. So you bet that they're going to bring all sorts of aspects to their offense to make sure that they can lock up a victory here. Um, Last time they played the Cardinals, Jake Moody also kicked zero field goals in that game. He had five extra points because they scored five touchdowns in that game. So yeah, I expect a very similar repeat performance with the San Francisco 49ers. So in that case, that means sit Jake Booty because he's not going to get you any points this week for sure. So, Arnold right. Bam, Bam over here. My God. A little bit. A little bit. No, but I actually. No, I will say this, though. That is a good point because it was uh, the Cowboys played Thursday night. I'm blanking on who uh, two weeks ago. Who was that against? Do you remember? 
Seattle, right? Yeah, that is exactly what it was. It was Seattle, and the person I was playing at, Jake Ferguson, Tony Pollard, and uh, whoever this new kicker who apparently is like can't miss. Um, Aubrey, Aubrey, that's right. And um, Pollard obviously killed me. Ferguson obviously killed me. God damn that late touchdown. But uh, it was funny because Aubrey actually barely killed me. He only had like four or five points because all the Cowboys were doing. It was funny because like you expect that that you know oh high scoring you know offense this kicker's probably doing really well but that's almost worse because they're only getting that one point compared to the three or if they you know at least in my league kick over 54 points where you want to find that middling uh you know offense that isn't scoring so much i'm completely with you the niners offense looks unstoppable i mean it's just it's insane so uh you know i just it's yeah i guess i'm a little moody on moody You know, what's hilarious, though, is that um, I it, it everything that you said makes a ton of sense. But in this case, this week only, I sort of have a stat to sort of buck that trend. So I picked up Daniel Carlson this week because I expected it. To oh, be a no, 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 no. That's the outlier. That's that's what I'm saying. It's the outlier. So you know how many points he scored for me today? Uh, oh, shit. Now you're making me do math. Uh, did they end at 63? yes 63 that's fuck what's uh so that's nine so nine uh all right so nine points yeah exactly nine points but i mean for that many extra points but that's my point okay unless they put up 60 (laughs) unless they put up nine touchdowns exactly i don't expect the niners to win that That, convincingly they're very good offense but they're not going to win that convincingly like we talked about so many times before divisional games they're always a little bit trickier so even though the niners i like them to win i don't know if they're going to win as convincingly as the raiders did today the chargers also had a lot more issues than the cardinals have so yeah i expect that game to be a lot closer but yeah because he kicked nine extra points because the raiders scored nine touchdowns i got nine points for daniel carlson even though he did not kick a single field goal tonight so yeah right, just so a little bit you... of an outlier trend there even though everything i just said makes a ton of sense but it's like you don't want kickers then very high scoring offenses highly efficient offenses this is sort of that outlier that's sort of bucking the trend there that i had to bring up for sure okay, you need to send me the name of the person you're playing because if you show up murder tomorrow i like suspect number one right there <laughs> so this is the league that's a rotisserie league so it's not head-to-head it goes by league standing so yeah this is just oh great so we got like nine league. suspects now okay well this is a 14 man league so there's 13 others oh people. jesus christ man <laughs> i'm not i'm not ncis over here what you want I from know, me i know all right guys so those are picks here for week 15 as far as starts and sits are concerned but like tad said you know if you're trying to find another solution instead of hunter henry as far as who you should start at tight end if you're trying to find a quarterback solution instead of Jared Goff, who we're saying that you should sit this week, if you're not able to grab Isaiah Likely off the waiver wire because somebody else grabbed him and you need another tight end position option there, hit us up on our social media handles. You'll see the ticker coming right down below. We're here to help you out with all of your starts and decisions, your waiver wire decisions. In case you don't have a trade uh, trade deadline in your league, in case you need a last-minute trade right before the playoffs start for you, we're here to help you with all of that advice as well. So hit us up on our social media handles. You got me at Undecide23. You got Ted at Ted Decide 94 You got the show handle at The Decide Guys. And, of course, on Instagram at The Decide Guys as well. So hit us up. Interact with us. We are here to help you win your fantasy titles. And, of course avoid those fantasy punishments so make sure you interact with us so you can get some personalized advice for whatever type of league that you're in we're here to help you with that uh make sure you subscribe or listen to your podcast whether it's at apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify you can listen right on the lefe network website as well ton of options for you just hit that subscribe button always be up to date with our podcast watch us on youtube we appreciate you make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel as well so you're always up to date with our videos and please guys make sure you're supporting lefe network our parent network without them there would be no us they're giving you a lot of great content when it comes to the rams and the Chargers, I'm pretty sure they may have an article about Brandon Staley and, you know, his possible firing. I'm, I'm not exactly sure if it's going to happen yet, but I'm pretty it's, sure it should it happen. Is 11, it is 11.25 Central Time. I am willing to bet by 9.30 Central Time tomorrow morning about, let's see. Oh, that's actually at the end of my free period. That would be perfect timing. He will be fired. 
Exactly. So I bet you they all have some content for you as far as what led to the firing and some possible head coaching replacements for him. So make sure you tune into them for their great content there. And of course, the Rams are making a playoff push, so they got a lot of great content there. And of course, with bowl season upon us, they're covering the USC Trojans and the UCLA Bruins, who are both in bowl games this week, uh, this uh, this season, excuse me. So they're giving you a lot of great content with them as well, especially with the draft coming up. I bet you they got a lot of great content for there. We'll be giving you some great content there for sure, but LNFB Network's got you covered there. So make sure you give it the support on all the social media handles their content on the website as well as their podcast as well but guys to everybody who's already interacting with us who's supporting lefb network who's watching the youtube videos who's interacting with us on social media who's listening to the podcast who's you know anything and everything that you're doing to support us guys we really can't thank you enough Thank you, Auctioneer Murr. So, uh, also, do not forget that it's it's impressive. It's a skill, really. You should put that on your resume. I try it but, again. Yeah, <laughs> every week. So, <laughs> do also do not forget that yes, we have some Saturday games coming up. Unfortunately, we will not have underdog picks for those games, but we will be dropping on Saturday morning our picks for your Sunday lineup. We will have the best underdog picks for those games. So be sure to check out the LAFB network channel on YouTube, YouTube shorts, by the way, it's not its own video. YouTube Doesn't shorts. Take long. It's not like our YouTube episodes. It's less than a minute. So I mean, very hard to record. It's, it's hard to record, but we do it for you because we love you. It's great content. So yeah, make sure you're checking that out. Speaking of auctioneer Murray, he comes out of full force during those. So be sure to check those out because it is great advice. It is a great way to make some very easy money. Be sure to keep checking that out. And also, if you're not a fancy football guy, like my good friend Matt, who is not a fancy football guy, I don't believe it. Like, I kind of stopped listening when you guys became fancy guys. But you know what, Matt? You got to start listening again because your Bears are major NFL draft players and NFL draft Coverage is coming up in just a couple weeks, and I cannot wait. This draft is going to be wild. So who is your favorite team going to target? Is your favorite team going to trade out of their spot? Keep listening to us. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you find your uh, you know, podcasts and YouTube videos because that draft coverage is about to rack up big time starting in January. So as, as always, everyone, Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening, and please stay safe.